Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. And we're out of the gate, JT, with you on a beautiful day in Vegas. A lot happening today as we begin on Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m., the Raiders mobile app, lvsportsnetwork.com. Thanks for listening. In advance, we have a busy show that's going to be all over the place today, so I hope you enjoy it. You keep listening, you download the show, and we will build. We're building towards this upcoming Raider season, the first one with fans at Allegiant Stadium. We're brought to you by PTs. They fuel my monologue from the beginning. The best happy hour in town. They have my back. PTs. Any of the 64-plus locations here in the Valley, every corner, every freeway you get off, every left, right, you'll see a PTs. And remember, PTs got the best happy hour from 5 to 7, midnight to 2, and I'll go through some of their promotions that they have for the month of June to try to get you in there because it's a tough month to drink outside and to do things outside in Vegas. You want to be in the air conditioning. You want to be in a PTs. You want to relax and you want to cool off. And that's happening right now. And man, it is gorgeous, but it is hot. Luckily, I like the heat for our new residents here in Nevada. This isn't bad, right? June isn't bad. It's only going to get worse. We bake like potatoes June, July, and August. It's a good time to get a vacation. Good time to get out of here as I begin the show at 12 o'clock. 100 degrees. Tomorrow it'll be 108. Saturday, 108. Sunday, 104. But no humidity, little bugs, no bugs. I like it. You're either in the pool, you're in the casino, you're with the air conditioning, and you just got to make the best of it. Or you got to get out of here for a little bit, which is what I like to do this time of year. Man, what a gut punch last night with the Golden Knights. What a gut punch with the Golden Knights. Can I get a little bit of puck luck? How do you hit the post four times? How do you miss the net with wide open shots? The Vegas Golden Knights in four years have been to the playoffs every year. They've been to a Stanley Cup final. They've been deep in the playoffs. But all the drama with this team shows up in the playoffs on a negative level. And last night, I couldn't believe it. They were down early, and then they stormed back, and they outplayed Colorado in their building and should have won the game in regulation. Look, we can do shoulda, coulda, woulda radio. That's what we do on sports radio. We evaluate what could have happened, but at the end, there's a final score, and Vegas lost. And that was one of the toughest losses because everybody that I know that knows the Golden Knights and the majority of them just felt bad going into overtime because of the way the regulation ended with hitting the goalpost so many times, so many times. You got to win the game. You got to find a way to get the puck on net and win the game for Marc-Andre Fleury. So he wins that game after trailing in the game. And I, I just knew it. Overtime starts and right out of the gate, Colorado scores. We'll get to the sound bites here in a moment. But what's encouraging about this today? What's encouraging is the Golden Knights were the better team in game two. No debate. I thought they were the better team all year long. They could have won the President's Trophy. They had a trip up in their last couple of games, and Colorado got it. Colorado and Vegas could be two of the best three teams in all of hockey, but unfortunately, 
they're playing each other now, and one of them's going to get knocked out. The same thing's happening in the NBA. In the second round, we're going to see the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo, two-time MVP, go up against the Nets with Harden, Kyrie, and Durant. That could be the NBA Finals if we reseeded and we didn't have the East and the West, and one of those teams are going to get knocked out in here in about a week and a half. So what do you want to do here, Vegas Golden Knight fans? We're giving away a hat, which is a nice Vegas Golden Knights hat and a two-foot sub, and you'll qualify today for the opportunity to win tickets for Sunday. So we're doing this on the station all day today. And again, I'm not giving it out to a lottery pick, number 19. I'm giving it out to someone who calls in on the game with some inspiration and can break down a hockey call on a sports talk show. Real simple. I do a sports talk show. Hockey's a big part of this show. Matter of fact, this time of year, the Golden Knights for me are more than 50% of the show. That could be done by Monday, which sucks. Because the one thing you don't want as a content provider is for content to go away. So every year when the Raiders, if they don't make the playoffs, right here on New Year's Day or January 2nd, I got to talk football all the way through the Super Bowl, which is not hard to do without the Raiders because the NFL leads. But I'm not going to be talking hockey at all, pretty much none of it, after the Golden Knights get eliminated. That's how we do it here. So we got a couple of days left. As a matter of fact, this could be my last show before we come back on Monday. And I'd like to hear from the Golden Knight fans to just act like a sports radio town. Do what they do in Boston, Philadelphia, Montreal, Toronto, Los Angeles. What they do in sports radio markets is they get behind their team. We only have two professional teams here in town, the Raiders and the Golden Knights. The sense of urgency has to be sky high. And what I like about this partnership that we have here on Raider Nation Radio is we're pro-Golden Knights because Golden Knights are our flagship station in the building, and the Golden Knights are pro Raiders. It's not like the Oakland A's and the Raiders up in Oakland. It's not like when I was doing radio up in San Francisco where they didn't want me to talk about the Raiders. They wanted me to talk about the baseball Giants. That's not the case here. It really fits together nicely. So if you're a Raider fan, you like the Golden Knights, or you're a fan out of market and you like hockey, Hopefully we hear from you in the next hour or so, 702-365-9200 as the show began six minutes ago and we're waiting on your phone calls already. Darren Waller will join us at 1.30, the Pro Bowl tight end for the Silver and Black. Really looking forward to talking to him. He is the leader of the offense along with Derek Carr. And the season he had last year was one for the ages. He broke the Raiders' reception record which is a high honor when it comes to Tim Brown and the man before him. And he's a guy that has to remain healthy and consistent for this team to compete at a playoff level. He's a very important piece with this team. I don't consider him a tight end. I consider him a receiver. And fortunately, John Gruden and his offensive staff, they look at him as a wide receiver. A hundred plus targets, you know, a thousand yards. That's the type of production that we're going to get out of Waller And we need to get out of Waller. With Waller getting that many targets, it affects everybody. So for everybody who jumps in and says, well, how are we going to get Ruggs the ball more? Or how are we going to get Edwards the ball more? How are we going to do this? Well, it starts with Waller. If you want to take away from Waller a little bit, you know, we can do that. But I think you got to feed Waller first. You got to feed him first and make sure that he is full. He's got to be the priority. Did you hear what I said? 
He's got to be the priority of the game plan every week. Every week, the game plan should be simplified with Darren Waller being the elite star who gets 10-plus targets. Then you build out the other 50 plays if you're going to have 60 plays. So do the math with me, Raider Nation. You're a lot smarter than I am. Let's go, uh, let's go 10 for Waller, and let's go 20 for Josh Jacobs. Somewhere with 20 for Josh, rushing and receiving. So that's 30 out of your 60 plays. Just lined it up for you beautifully. Then you have to carve up the pie with Ruggs and Edwards and Moreau and Drake and everybody else who's on this team, third and Renfro. And then you start doing the math. Because if I played on this team, you got to be a teammate to be, play with Darren Waller because you know that Waller is the alpha who needs to get all the touches and most of the touches. And then you start doing the math about how you're going to get the ball. If you're sitting around at the golf course in your rugs and rent row, you're looking around going, whoa, you know, that's the big boy. Waller's the big guy. He's going to get the priority over me. How am I going to tell Coach Gruden that I'm open so I can get some more plays there? So we want to talk about Darren Waller. But today something interesting came out from Pro Football Focus. Every once in a while you hear Coach Gruden rip on Pro Football Focus. It's an analytic group. It's owned by Chris Collinsworth. They got a bunch of young people, young people on the staff who are really good. And they're based on analytics, and they break down every play. What Pro Football Focus does, which is great, is they break down every single play. So you can't sugarcoat it. They got the numbers, and the numbers are accurate. They run a simulation. They look through every play, and then they give everybody grades. So today I got an email because I'm a member of their, you know, digital team platform team that you know they send me stuff because we have a lot of guests on and they ranked all 32 nfl receiving cores so every nfl receiving core where do you think the raiders came in on this list guess where do you think the raiders came in out of 32 that's pro football focus they don't have an agenda here they're just looking at numbers adding up the numbers okay this isn't some guy that hates the raiders putting out information that's anti-raider which is pretty popular in the media today so I start scrolling through this, and number one was Tampa Bay. I go, all right, that makes sense. Number two was Dallas. I said, well, Dallas has got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. So then I start scrolling down, and Kansas City is at number three, and Buffalo at number four because of Stephon Diggs. And in, at number six was the Denver Broncos. And I read the analysis of everything that was here, Jerry Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton limited to 31 snaps. Uh, rookie K.J. Hamler went down the list here, and I say Noah Fant, one of the league's fastest tight ends there, and I'm like, man, that seemed like a high grade. You have the Denver Broncos six-wit receiving core. So rounding out the top ten, which I thought was interesting, Seattle, a top, a top ten team with D.K. Metcalf. So then I'm using my thumbs, and I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling. I'm like, where the hell are the Raiders? 18, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then I get to number 20, Carolina. Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. Okay, the Raiders got to be there. No, 21 is the Bears. And the Ravens at 22. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Jacksonville at 23? And I'm like, Jacksonville? And then all of a sudden, scrolling down, I get to number 26. The 26th ranked receiving core in the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders. This is what they wrote on the Raiders. The Raiders wide receivers finished 26th 
with a 70.4 receiving grade, and leading receiver Nelson Aguilar moved on to New England. Aguilar ranked sixth in the league with 444 yards on deep passes, emerging as one of the league's best downfield threats, a role the Raiders are hoping to find with Henry Ruggs III. Las Vegas made a shrewd investment in John Brown in free agency, a strong deep and intermediate threat in his own right. Hunter Renfro will man the slot. He had the highest receiving grade on the team last year at 75, his second straight year grading in that range. And then Willie Sneed joins the mix, though he hasn't graded above 70 since 2016. Brian Edwards, a 2023rd rounder, will also compete for snaps after grading a solid 69.5. And it said here, which jumped out at me, I wanted to get it into the monologue, the Raiders have one of the few mismatched tight ends in the league, in Darren Waller, who gained 1,196 yards and posted a 90.9 receiving grade last season, both good for second among tight ends. And then the conclusion on Las Vegas at wide receiver, Vegas has one of the league's best tight ends, but they need better production from their top two receiving options if they're going to jump into the top half of the league's pass catchers. All right, so I absorbed that this morning, and I said to myself, wait a second, what about Julio Jones? Julio Jones is out there. So if Pro Football Focus has the Raiders ranked at 26, you could look at it one of two ways, half is glass full or half is glass empty. Half is glass full means that the Raiders have Ruggs who's going to break out and Edwards who are going to break out, and they're going to get more touches. I believe in that. I think they were drafted to be really good players. Ruggs elite, and Ruggs is going to have a breakout year this year. He put on 10 pounds of muscle. He looks unbelievable. Everybody over at, in Henderson say, keep an eye out for him. But the other side tells me if your glass is half empty, you got to look at Julio Jones because then Julio Jones would come in via a trade, whoever you trade, and you would have Waller and Julio Jones as 1 and 1A. One Not 1 and 2. It would be 1 and 1A. One and instantly the Raiders would jump, I think, into the top 12, top 10 right there with two of the great players in the league. And I really believe Julio Jones is still one of the best players in the league. So I wanted to bring that up as we open up the show. And Bobby and I were thinking about this, but we're going to save it to next week. We were going to use Henry Ruggs today as our marquee player to watch this offseason we had a fun show yesterday with john abram and a lot of people tweeted and called in on abram so we're probably going to get to rugs we have enough time before the start of the season to pick a player every day of the offseason and get your opinion on him but our show's so packed today so that's it if you have any idea or anything you want me to ask darren waller because you know you're the pros you know the questions if you want to ask it you could tweet it at jt the brick and I'm going to take three, at least three of our top ten responses on Twitter at JT the Brick, and we'll ask that to Don, Darren Waller if he has the time to stay with us. All right, let's go back to the game last night for the Golden Knights as Martinez scored on the power play goal, a lot of volume in front of the net. This got Vegas on the board tied at one. On the left side, Pacioretty. Seam right, Pacioretty to Martinez. He scores! Power play goal for Alec Martinez. He loves that spot in the right wing circle. Vegas ties the game one-to-one with 10.28 to go first period. That was a big goal. They needed to get something going after getting blown out in game one. Very important goal. After Colorado went up 2-1, 
I thought the Riley Smith goal was big. You know, he's been he disappears from time to time. He plays hard, and a lot of times he you know he just misses open nets. I mean, Riley Smith misses a lot of shots where I think he could bury the puck. This was a beautiful goal. Theodore reaches in, gets possession back to Marcia, so deals left. Smith is in, he works backhand, he scores! Riley Smith, beautiful backhander, top right corner by the glove of Grubauer. 2-2 tie with 9.32 to go in the second period. Second goal of the playoffs for Riley Smith. At that point of the game, Dan Duba on the call, I thought they were going to win the game. The air was out of the building. They were the better team. They were dominating Colorado when it came to shots on goal. And I was on the air doing my other show, and I said, here, here we go. Vegas is back in the series. If they win this game because they were the better team, they're going to have momentum heading into the Fortress tomorrow night. Uh, Marc-Andre Flory stopping McKinnon. I thought this was a monster play in the third period as both goaltenders were locked in. Counterclockwise. Oh, McKinnon in front. Stop by Flory. Diving up to his left. McKinnon working laterally across the crease to his right. And the right-handed forward somehow couldn't get it by Flurry, who dove to eliminate the angle. So in the final three, four minutes of the contest, I, I really thought Vegas was going to score. They had a couple of good looks, really good looks. They hit the post. Alex Tuck was flying around the ice. Man, if that guy, he deserved to get a big game-winning goal. He played so hard. You got Carlson, Marcheseau, Pacioretty, Stone. All I needed was a greasy goal. I just needed one. I needed a deflection. I needed some puck luck. And you know who was lucky? The post. It kept hitting the post. And I said, no, no, no. How does Tuck not score? He had a breakaway. How does he not score? He usually buries the puck. Then we go to overtime, and Colorado's at home, and Rantanen puts the game away. Left point, McCarr, make it McKinnon, pivoting away from Carlson. Rink wide right, Rantanen shoots, scores! Overtime winner for Miko Rantanen. Colorado 3, Vegas 2, and the Avalanche take a 2-0 series lead. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta bury the puck. This team has got to have more elite moments in the postseason in games that are tied late with all the money that Mr. Foley, Bill Foley, has put into this organization. Somebody's got to step up and score the puck. Two great goaltenders, I get it, but they found a way to win and get it by Flurry, and they win the game, and they take a commanding two games to none lead. After the game, Peter DeBoer, you know, especially on, the, on that ticky-tack Penalty in overtime on Riley Smith on a face-off slashing. That was just awful to me. But, look, DeBoer knew that there were a lot of posts. A lot of things didn't click for them. They didn't get the puck luck. You know, I thought we deserved better. Uh, really liked a lot of the things we did and, and our effort. Uh, you know, but uh, got to find a way to to bury one of those chances and, and win a game. So we'll go back and they held serve at home. We've got to do the same. Yeah, you better believe it. The only good news coming out of that game is they played great. They played great. Their intensity level was very high, and I was excited about that. I thought they played a great hockey game in the second and third period and should have won the game. And DeBoer touched on it. All the players did, too. That was a ticky-tack penalty in overtime. Uh, just a soft call. But I can't even blame the refs because, you know, they're they're fighting through the, the embellishment of, of uh, you know, grabbing your face or falling down or dropping your stick, you know, every period. So 
you know, I, I, I can't even blame the referee on it. They, they, they fooled him on it. Really tough to get a penalty like that. Mark Stone even said after the game, he, he's in a scrum like that and a scrap at a faceoff 30 times a game and his hands are getting slashed and there's no call and they called it in overtime. I mean, this team has gotten screwed. It's screwed by the referees over the years when it comes to the postseason, but no one cares. No one in Denver cares. They just wanted to win that game. So sometime from now, because it's not now, we will have a hockey city with hockey sports talk radio in a position like this. I want to be a leader in that opportunity here at noon, middle of the day, all the people streaming us and listening to us. we got to get the Golden Knights fans going. It's a failure on my part if we're not talking Golden Knights, and we can't pretend, at least, that we're talking hockey in this town. We need the hockey fans to get behind this team as they come back Friday night and they play in a must-win game. Now, I think they can win, too, at the Fortress. But then again, Colorado is good enough to win. All, all Colorado's got to do is win one game. they got to win this upcoming game and the series is over. There's no way the Knights can come back and win four in a row. So Colorado is going to come into Vegas. There's going to be no Vegas flu. They're not going to be in the nightclubs partying, having big steak dinners. They want to bury Vegas and rest for the next round of the postseason. Friday night should be madness. It should be insanity at the Fortress. If you're going to the game... You want to win a hat and a two-foot sub, we're looking for the best Golden Knight call, 702-365-9200. I'm optimistic. I'm very optimistic that they can win. They can win both games because at least they played well, and that was really important to me. So that's what we got here as we opened up. Uh, There was a lot of talk yesterday. We're going to have Darren Waller on a little bit later on, but Henry Ruggs spoke to the media yesterday. A number of Raiders spoke. We have a little bit of sound from Henry Ruggs on his bigger role this season, which I think is very important. He's got to want it, he's got to demand a bigger role, and he's got to be up for the challenge. All right, we'll get you that sound coming up momentarily as we keep going here. So that's the monologue brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. We'll get into that Raider sound. We'll get to Darren Waller coming up here on the other side, uh, one thirty. Ashley's going to join us from Sam and Ash. Oh, and America's favorite sports gambler, my buddy Bill Krakenberger, who's in Vegas. He's leaving tonight. So we'll talk to Crack about what's happening with gambling, the opening of Vegas, all the cool things that are happening here in town. Oh, and one other thing. I went and, t- I went and saw my seats yesterday at the stadium. So my number was called on, and I went in and had a great day yesterday. I'll talk about that a little bit later on. a matter of fact, if you went – to the stadium yesterday or the time before to see your seats. How was it? What did you think of the seats? Was it what you expected? I thought the service bumped into a bunch of friends and alumni and Raiders staff yesterday. And I'll tell the story. I went from the 100 section to the 200 to the 300 to the 400 section to check out a couple of friends' seats and look at some of the sight lines there. It was a great day out at Allegiant Stadium. I'll be there tomorrow for a Raiders luncheon. Then I'm going to be emceeing, and then we'll head into a great weekend. 702-365-9200. The show begins. Darren Waller is our big guest. And as the newspaper says, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, mountain of trouble, Knights tumble into an 0-2 hole on a power play goal in overtime. We'd like to hear from a few Knights fans who have a pulse because that's what we're trying to do here. 702-365-9200. We're ready to roll. The JT The Brick Show, Darren Waller at 1.30, and your phone calls the rest of the way. 
right here on Raider Nation Radio. And you can download that Raiders app where you can get the radio show wherever you're traveling, anywhere around the country or around the world. Brought to you by Remy Martin. When we're talking X's and O's and even the Golden Knights. Toast one for Vegas. Now that we're open at 100%, we thank Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. And what, uh, what they're doing right now, if you're watching that. Yeah, no, I did. Big game seven uh, last Friday night. Uh, got the win. They, they didn't get off to the start. They're in game two, right? They lost game one. Um, didn't get off to the start they wanted, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So uh, I'm excited to watch them. I think they have another game coming up here um, tonight. Yeah, and then I think Friday as well at home. Uh, and then, so hopefully, I've never been to a Golden Knights game. I'm excited uh, to watch them play. Seriously, I've never. Uh, you know, been to a hockey game in general, so I'm just excited. I hear the atmosphere is unbelievable. You know, Vegas just gets up for it and energy. And so hopefully, uh, maybe Friday I'll be able to go um, and watch them, you know, go up 2-1, hopefully. How about that? Hunter Renfro wants to go to a hockey game. Bring him there. And you heard Steph McKenzie mention Bell Solar. Yeah, we're proud to tell you about Bell Solar, an amazing company you can trust. They are a best of Las Vegas gold winner. And I'll tell you, solar, you know solar's the wave of the future, especially here in Vegas. Are you kidding me? Look outside with the sun pounding. Average homeowners who choose solar save more than 35000 over 20 years. Only one choice in town. It's Bell Solar, and the government pays 26% of your system through tax credits. Give Bell Solar a call, 702-979-1277. Bell Solar, a proud partner of ours, 702 979 one two seven seven bell solar best solar company in town we're thrilled they are a part of our show so we're trying to get the golden knights going here darren waller will join us next hour mark you're up next start us off today how are you mark hey what's up jt how you doing bud doing great thanks you could put me down as uh, not that concerned over the golden knights right now when the playoffs started i was more concerned with minnesota than colorado and i'll tell you why the style that Minnesota plays takes away the strength of the, gold, the way the Golden Knights are built. They're built to get the puck. They're built to break it out, speed through the neutral zone, score off the rush, activate the defense, shoot high, score low, bang in a rebound. Now, Minnesota's style, crashing the middle and blocking all the shots they do, it's just about impossible to get a shooting lane from, your, from Theodore and Martinez and Peter Angelo and get those pucks on nets and bang in those greasy rebounds. Colorado is built to score the same way that the Golden Knights are. Mm-hmm. Get the puck, get it out, score on the rush. But last night you saw two teams tied for the best record in the league. Great hockey game, right? Unfortunate call. They're literally six inches away of goalposts from winning that game 6-2, to two, right? Yeah. Ice was tilted from the second period on. Now, when you play that style and your defenseman like Martinez and Peter Angelo and Theodore are pinching in, trying to help create offense, joining the rush, that's when you're going to give up some chances going the other way. And that's when you need a goaltender like Marc-Andre Fleury. And the saves that he made last night on some of those plays off the rush. Look, go back to game one in the third period after Reese took care of the business that I think he needed to take care of. When yeah. the playoff game's out of hand, you got people that 
maybe have only All right, my friend, hockey. everything you're saying is right. you got to be concerned being down 0-2. If Colorado wins a greasy game 3-2 with the late goal, the season's over. So I'm confident they're going to win. But you got to be concerned. To say you don't have any concern about a team coming in with the President's Trophy with that number one line, you got to be a little bit concerned. I'm a little bit concerned, but what did that number one line do last night? Not a lot. Yep, and you're right. Appreciate the call. Yep, thanks, man. All right, you know, I appreciate it. Put them on hold, Bobby. We'll see what happens. But, look, I, I'm saying this again. I think that Vegas is the better team, and people in Denver are shaking their heads. What? What are you talking about? I watched Colorado all year long. I watched the Golden Knights every game. I think that Vegas is deeper. They have a deeper team than Colorado and can wear them out. But the only way they're going to win this series is they got to get this series to go seven games. They got to get to seven games. And if they go down 0-3, it's over. So there's so much on the line with this upcoming game, so much on the line in one game. And you got to hope that they get the puck luck and they get the bounces and they get off to a good start. The, the fortress has got to make the difference. It's got to. It's got to be overwhelmingly loud and tough on Colorado. Jimmy, you're up next on Raider Nation Radio. How are you, Jimmy? All right, sir. How are you? Real good. Thank you. Yeah, man, I've uh, been listening to you for a long time. Love the show, first off. Uh, Thank you. I moved to Vegas about 20 years ago. i tell you what, I was one of these guys that came from California that didn't think a, a team would uh, especially hockey or anything like that would be supported out here. And it was uh, overwhelming when I saw the team come here and how well we did. Um, yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I think we were the better team. I think we are the better team up here. Um, and, and it is concerning to be down two games. I think it, it was just tough on them that we had a long series with the Wild and it kind of just ran us down. And you saw that in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um I think we outdid it. I played them yesterday. We should have won that game. Didn't go the right way. But you know what? This team's a, a team of underdogs, man. No one expected us to to do what we've done so far in this league, and I think they'll pull it out uh, uh, for sure tomorrow night. Um, they got to play tough. I think when we get Reeves back, it'll it'll help us out, get that, that swagger um, and that toughness back. Uh they just, like I said, man, I, I'm mm. concerned, but I think we'll be fine. I think we're going to do all right. We play better okay. than we're the underdogs. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're pretty good as an underdog. Thanks for the concern. For everybody, you know, there's a lot of good friends of mine who I'm on text threads with, who I watch the game with and even go to the game uh, with, and they don't seem to be concerned. I keep hearing the, the term, we'll be fine. I don't know what you're watching if you think you're going to be fine playing Colorado. I mean, this is going to be bite your fingernails off, heart attack stuff watching this game. I mean, this is not going to be easy. Colorado, Colorado is intense. They're fast. They got that number one line that can break out at any time. This is not going to be easy. I'm optimistic. But you know if they won that game, if they would have won that game last night, coming back 1-1, the whole country would be talking about Vegas today, everyone. Because they would have the home ice going forward with two games at the Fortress with another one on the back end. I think we would have had the series if we won this last game. Now it's a tremendous uphill battle. Jerry, you called yesterday. Good to hear from you again. How are you, Jerry? I'm great. How are you, JG? Good, thank you. Yeah, I just hated being attacked on Twitter saying, uh, well, if you win two games at home, you'll be lucky. Lucky. Last night, they were lucky to beat us. We Game one debacles behind us. We're confident now. We play game two toe-to-toe. Should have won. That's the beautiful, beautiful thing about hockey. Pucks didn't go our way. 
They were good. They're confident. They're, Colorado's not coming to our house and winning here. They're not going to do it. Then it's going to be a three-game series, and then that's manageable. Got to win one in Colorado eventually. I think they can do it. Yeah, well, you're assuming that they're going to win all three games in Vegas, and no one in Colorado thinks that's going to happen. So I understand, Jerry. You know the sport very well. Let's take it one game at a time. Game three, a, a big win in game three with massive momentum really changes the series back because everybody in Denver will say, oh, my God, they beat us in game two. We got lucky, and they just beat us in Vegas badly. We're in trouble now. But this game, would you say this is probably the most important game in Golden Knights history other than the Stanley Cup year because without a win in this game, there's still going to be people that lose their jobs. There are going to be people that are let go. There's that much on the line in this game. Very important game. All right, good to see. Bobby will pick one of the winners out there for a two-foot sub in the Vegas Golden Knight. Had an opportunity to win two tickets for Sunday. Brought to you by Ihole, the new international award-winning ultra-premium tequila. When the Knights score, yell, Ihole. Remember, I do a lot with Pete Rose and Ihole. And you see Ihole on the boards, the glass at the Vegas Golden Knight game. It's smooth and easy to drink straight or on the rocks or in your favorite cocktail, Iole. Backhands it toward the middle, tipped on and gloved! Flurry snares it, shoving afterwards, look out, everybody into it behind the goal. Holden and Carrier in the skirmish. Dan Duva on the call. Why is there not a flurry statue already in front of T-Mobile? I've been saying I'll throw in the first five grand. Well, then again, I got two kids in college now, so let me take that back. I will throw in the first $1,000 on the Marc-Andre Fleury statue, the bronze statue, so we could all have a place to drink a beer outside and meet up. Who's with me? I throw in the first 1000 My wife would not be happy if we threw 5000 for a statue. So I had to check myself on that. In case she's listening. Hey, look who we got here. My friend, America's favorite sports gambler, Bill Krakenberger, joins us from Crack Wins. Crack, good to hear from you. I know you're heading out. You told me to Jersey tonight. How's Vegas been for you now that we're 100% open? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I am flying back east. I'm flying up to uh, Boston, actually, on this new Encore Boston. I'm flying up there for a couple days, and I got a really good deal there. I do take advantage of those casino uh, offers once in a while. Um, out of state and you know other jurisdictions aren't doing as well as las vegas so sometimes you get some juicy offers out of state or even out of the country um, i'm not so brave yet to fly out of the country but um vegas is absolutely back we're packed i was out this weekend i usually don't um really go out on the weekends to the casinos it's more of an amateur hour but i, I did go out uh, this past weekend and just the capacity crowds are just uh, it's overwhelming, actually. People have been, uh, it's that pent-up demand. People have been just, just cooped up for so long. And uh, let's face it, too. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, you know, people are, are not paying their rents, <laughs> and they're coming to Vegas. So uh, they're going to have to start paying them here, here pretty shortly. And, uh, you know, when, when the government's just printing money, giving free money out to people also. And uh, they're, they're here spending it. So it's, it makes for a booming Las Vegas economy. It's actually absolutely amazing to see it every day, JC. 
Crack, what's fascinating to me, because, you know, I'm a former stockbroker. I'm in the market. I keep an eye on the news and the economy. At least I try to. I still don't understand from a sports gambling perspective, unemployment checks, people not wanting to go back to work, still getting unemployment, using that money on their sports bets and slots. And from what I'm, I'm here sensing from you is, are they paying their other bills in their rent? Or a lot of people are just living, living with this free money that they're getting, and it's going to come home to roost soon enough. It's going to, and it's going to cause some kind of a crash, or if that's too strong of a word, let's use a correction. It's definitely going to cause it. Las Vegas and Los Angeles had the highest unemployment rates among all large U.S. metro areas in April. Uh, it's absolutely unbelievable. Um, I just think it's, it's, it's going to lead to some kind of a correction because it can't. Listen, I, I, the lumber cost I know is up free, you know, triple. Uh, look, at, look at the prices, though. For gasoline. Now, this is something I normally don't notice, but if I'm noticing it, it means something. When I go to fill up the tank for gas and I'm paying $389 for a gallon of gas, $369, I said, wow, that's pretty expensive. And then I start thinking as I'm actually at the pump, how does regular people do it? And not that I'm not a regular person, I am, but how's a guy trying to struggle with a wife, uh, you know, three, two or three kids, trying to, trying to make the nut every month? I don't know how they do it. You know, that's actually working. The people that are working, I have friends that own restaurants have friends that own businesses. They can't even hire. I'll give you a perfect example. My, my buddy just opened up a, a great spot up in Summerlin, um, up by Bishop Gorman High School. He opened up a, um, a, a kind of a health kind of ACAI. I don't know how to see. It's, it's got these, these, these bowls, these healthy bowls. He told me he probably wouldn't have done it if he realized that the work situation, you know, minimum wage yeah. here in Nevada is like $9 or $10 an hour. And uh, he's trying to pay 15 and he can't get any help. It's unbelievable. You know why? Because everyone's getting that extra money. They're getting so much extra money every week. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're getting paid to stay home. A perfect example, a guy flew here with me. I was in Atlantic City a month ago. He flew to Vegas, and he's like, listen, I drive for Uber back home. Here I'm making, he's making 890 a week. Yeah, that, that, that was, that's his take-home pay for with unemployment. He said, I just, I'm not ready to go back making 890 a week. I, now, Grant. With Uber, he probably would said he would make about double that right now. But he's just ready to take a little break, and it's, it's and that's just the the um, it's actually a, 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 a you know unanimous against everyone amongst everyone. Everyone's looking to just uh, I don't want to say take advantage of the system. The system is just giving it to you to do it. So right. um, anyway, <laughs> that's where we're there at. You go. Seems like to no, me. I'm noticing it. It's tough tough to find good work. America's favorite sports gambler, Bill Krakenberger joins us a guy who bets wins and if he doesn't win he documents everything completely transparent go to crackwins.com all right get me into the mayweather logan paul fight i had teddy atlas on your very good friend and he changed me a little bit on this because you know i'm a hardcore boxing guy and i don't like youtube boxing legends and putting it on pay-per-view and teddy said something that'll stay with me said hey this youtuber he's in the gym He's working. He's got followers. He's respecting the sport of boxing. And for Teddy Atlas to say that to me yesterday, that stayed with me. But how did we lose out on a great gambling opportunity here with the rules and what's happening? It looks like a mess from a gambling perspective. Yes, and Teddy goes so in-depth. Teddy is really he, – he really thinks about it from so many different perspectives. And for him to say that, you have to respect that. So – uh, he's absolutely mm-hmm. correct. This guy, they are working hard, both of the brothers. And uh, let, let's face it, it's bringing a new, maybe a new face to boxing. Boxing kind of a dead sport. So this is bringing some new of these, these YouTubers, these millennials, 
these these kids that never really watched boxing that that have grown up on UFC. I just can't be. Listen, I like UFC, but I'm I, I'm a boxing guy. I grew up on boxing and baseball. I'm an East Coast guy. It's the way it is. But um, so so going back to the fight. Well, there was you know only the offshore and for some reason Bet Three Sixty Five, which isn't represented in New Jersey. They were they were booking bets on this fight yesterday. The rules came out just yesterday on the fight. As a matter of fact, I just texted Teddy uh, a picture of the Mayweather Paul rules. And, you know, the, the KO is up to the referee discretion, uh, discretion. And, you know, knockouts are legal. No kidding. No headgear. No judges. That's the thing. There's no judges. No official winner red. That's unbelievable. They're not, so they're not having an official winner at the end of the fight. You know, the Tyson fight, when Tyson just came back and he fought Roy Jones, I watched that fight. Tyson clearly won that fight. But at the end, just to be a sport and ex- exhibition, it wasn't judges. It was the announcers that decided on the winner. And what did they say? We have a draw. And DraftKings was booking. They were a sponsor of the fight. They had to give back huge money, giant money uh, for everyone. They don't want to give back money to everybody. I mean, so this fight, they were a little more precautious. No one really was booking this fight except for the offshore world. But they were booking it large. And who knows what could have happened by fight time. They, they, when the rules came out, maybe they would have start booking it more. Well, now every site is giving back the money. They're not taking new uh, they're not taking new bets on the fight, and they said, "Hey, you know what? We're done on this. Let's get to the next event." But that may hurt the pay per view a little bit because let's just face it. Uh, you know, you, you have action. You turn on the fight. You're going to buy the fight. I have money on the fight. I'm going to watch it. Now it's just it's back to the spectacle. It's back to the uh, almost. I'm ready for, for the undercards to come out uh, driving up in a clown car and 30 guys get out of the car. <laughs> it, this is like you just don't know what's going to happen here. Listen. I watched that Showtime. Um, it's like the pre-fight workouts of each guy, and they talking trash and stuff. Listen, this is a money grab. I will not be watching this. Bill Krakenberger knows more about gambling than any of my friends. We put the best gamblers on my radio shows to try to give you an advantage. Uh, let's talk about quickly the general deterioration of what's happening in America with the NBA arenas and some of this bad behavior. I know you've been posting on it and talking about it, and you've been on other shows. When you saw six or seven days, five or six separate events from Trey Young being spat on at the Garden, Russell Westbrook popcorn poured on him, John Morant's parents were verbally abused in Salt Lake, a fan tried to run out on the court. Uh, what's happening here? How, what's your big perspective story here on why this is happening all of a sudden? The word you use is absolutely correct. It's actually a basic general deterioration of, of the human fabric, of the human uh, – it's, it's, these, it's these young kids that just – they didn't grow up like us. My mother gave me a spoon and a fork and go outside and play in the dirt when I was 10 years old with my, with my little wooden soldiers. I mean, no one goes outside. No one, does, no one even knows what it is to shoot around, shoot hoops and stuff. I mean, it's a total different – we used to play wiffle ball with a yellow bat and a wiffle ball that would curve. No one even knows what that is. Like, there's no outside done things done. Kids are – grow up under social media where they can be somebody fake or they do fake things that it's all laughing and giggling and i don't i got thank god i don't have children right now i'll tell you i would not want them to be, to be raised under this society but to go back listen they don't deserve that no nba player no any sport they don't deserve to be ha- harassed like that spit on come on I mean, the guy jumped, you know, dumping food and popcorn. It's absolutely out of control, though, with a lot of different things. When someone gets upset, they think that they can be somebody and they can voice their opinion because they're basically a nobody, and now they want to be involved and, and, and want to think that they count. It's, uh, the, NBA player, the NBA players have every right to be uh, this upset, just like anyone. But you know what? 
When we were younger, there was always streakers that came out and chased. I used to go to Shea and Yankee Stadium a lot. They were always running out on the kids running out on the field doing some dumb things. But they never really went after players and and had this. Uh, there was some harassing, harassing and heckling, you know, the umpires and stuff. But it wasn't like it is today. I, I just think I think we're in a lot of trouble. And you know what you got to do? You got to just do these. You got you got to start putting people away for stuff like this. Someone does something, runs out on the court and touches someone, put them in jail for a year. See if that stops. See if see if that stops everyone from doing it. Bill Krakenberger, Crack wins. If you need the gambling edge, it's the site to go to. Our good friend uh, joins us uh, quickly. What's interesting is I don't expect NFL season to start and the NFL on Fox or the NFL on CBS to have some guy sitting right there on the dais telling me that he won 70% last year and now all these networks are going to use this guy to pick games. It's not back to the Jimmy the Greek era. But there are so many fake people on Twitter. There are so many people giving gambling advice. I'm not even talking about the NFL. I'm talking about on Mayweather, as we just said, NBA, NBA insiders and all of this. And then they disappear, and then they come back with a new Twitter account a couple of weeks later. (laughs) Who is keeping an eye on this in your world? You're a professional gambler. It's the Wild West out here in Vegas. Anybody who has a Twitter account thinks they deserve to be on the radio and TV and give gambling advice. Yeah, this will be a two-part uh, answer here. One, yes, everyone that's under anonymity can just go on Twitter and say they sell games and give make up a fake record, fake record, and say what they do. It's it's kind of scary because uh, when when they start losing, all of a sudden they pop up under a different name, and and people believe this stuff. It's it's so bad. Uh, that's why I use my name. And when I post something on Twitter or post something at Crack Wins, it's Bill Krakenberger. I have a weekly recap. I, I'm very very transparent. Uh, I, I know what I've done since I opened up my app. Uh, I'm up up over 250 units for the customers and the clients. I can't say that because if it wasn't true, because they they, they'd ridicule me on Twitter and everything else. So uh, it's what I do. Uh, I I don't really like to brag on myself too much, but I mean I'm thrown out of so many sports books, even here in town, not allowed to bet because of let's just face it for winning long term. But going back to the 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 second part of that, you know, it's it's sad what these guys on TV do because. You're going to trust something. You figure, hey, it's got to be vetted. This guy's on TV. You know, even the ESPN guys. Oh, they're on ESPN. They got to be. These guys got to win, right? Or else they wouldn't be on there. No, not at all. If if they won, they probably wouldn't be talking as much, um, you know, about things because they're not going to give their secrets or industry industry trades or their models or algorithms or you know whatever they're doing. So it's scary when I see the former players and stuff picking games. And acting like they win, or, or you know, but it's just because they played the sport, or refereed, or, or mm-hmm. but, I'm sorry, if they coached the sport, they're they're talking about it, and it, it it doesn't it bothers me so much. We're up to 30 states now, JT, 30 that have legalized sports betting. Connecticut last week, a couple weeks ago, Arizona. We're, we're eventually going to get to a, a little un, actual unified sports betting across the country, and I just don't really like what's going on when they're giving out so many picks and and all you know every single network you turn on now they have the, everyone sponsoring the games whether it's DraftKings, FanDuel, and you watch a baseball game, Bet 365 out in left field. I mean, it, it's you know years ago they were if this was a closet thing. Oh my God, you're a gambler, you're ridiculed or looked down on, you know, browbeaten. Now it's out there and it's accepted because let's just face it, the NBA, NFL. Major League Baseball, they're all making money. They're all in bed together now. So now it's okay. Now it's accepted. I just hope these jurisdictions do it responsibly. My big thing is responsible gaming. I don't want these kids to get in trouble when they grow up. And, Bill, last one really quick is I got a son who's 20 years old. He'll be a junior in college. And 
I went back and visited him, and everyone in this fraternity house, all the guys are gambling. Okay, oh. that didn't happen when I went to college because I went to college in New York, and you knew you knew wise guys, and you knew some bookies, but none of the guys. I, I'm talking about it dead seriously. None, nobody bet at the level that I'm seeing kids bet now. And look, I'm all for DraftKings and FanDuel and what they're doing, and Vegas, you know, living here and talking to guys like you. But what's some of the warning signs for the parents who are listening for some of these young kids? who have never gambled before, and they're getting to the legal age where they could get the app and they could start gambling. They've never been in the stock market. They've really never even had a job, or maybe it's their first job. What are the warning signs that you could tell where it's going wrong with a young kid early in his gambling career and he's overwhelmed? You know what? I mean, you said the right thing, 20 years old. You're not even allowed to gamble till you're 21 in a lot of these places. But what happens is, you can get on for your brother, your cousin, your uncle, and now you're gambling on, on, on an app. And, and, you know, you're supposed to be reading, learning, uh, you know, materializing stuff into a beautiful future in college and stuff. And, and, and here you, you guys are all gambling. And that's just to hear this just solidifies what I think in my thought process. It's actually so sad. But the first signs that the parents should look at really is uh, kids screaming and yelling at the TV screen when they're home. Yes. Well, they never, they never screamed and yelled before. Why are you screaming and yelling, Junior? Well, I got 20 bucks on this game. 20s lead to 50s lead to 100s. Next thing you know, you're hitting the credit cards. You're borrowing off everybody. Next thing you're doing, you're hocking plays. You're hocking things in the, in the stores. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm being over, overly cautious and overly crazy, but it's not. Trust me. It's very, very scary, and I really hope these kids today – can listen to messages like this and, let, and, and and have your show on. That's all I can say, JC. Thank you for that. Take care, my friend. I will be personally offended if you come back to Vegas and you don't let me take you to lunch next time. A lot of new lunch spots. You know the brick and crack. We like to break bread together. So let's do that when you get back from AC. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you, pal. Thanks, Bill. Crack wins. Go to the site and see what he's all about. I think he's one of the most entertaining guests on all the radio. If every gambling show had someone as entertaining as Crack, I'd listen to gambling on the radio. Great job, Crack, as always. Appreciate it. Darren Waller joins us next hour. And Ashley from Sam and Ash, jump on in on Raider Nation Radio, the JT The Brick Show.